0: One of the non-trends for 2016 is I think the entire world, especially the YA world, is sick to death of dystopian novels. (laughs) Preeti, I know that you've said if you see another dystopian novel, you are just going to perhaps get violent.
1: Welcome to Scholastic Reads, our podcast about books, authors, and the joy and power of reading. I'm your host, Suzanne McCabe, editor-at-large at Scholastic. Thank you for joining us and happy new year. Today, we'll be talking about trends in children's literature for 2016. A new year means new books, of course, for us around here, and we've got lots of great titles and authors making their debut. Here to peer into their crystal ball are two Scholastic Reading Club editors, David Allender and Preethi Chibber. Welcome, guys.
0: It's so great to be here. Thank you.
1: Preethi and David are going to share with us what they think are the biggest trends we'll see in children's books in 2016. Preeti, let's start with you.
2: So one of the first things that we're going to see is not exactly a trend. What it is really is an important movement that's happening in the publishing industry right now. And that is a call for more diversity in our literature. Um, And it's really exciting because 2016, I think, is when we're going to start seeing the fruits of that labor and that uh, call for action from not just publishing professionals, but teachers and librarians and parents and and booksellers uh, and pretty much everyone who is trying to get books into the hands of children. Um, We're all definitely more determined than ever to create books that represent the world as it exists today uh, in America where you look around and you don't see the same person when you walk out onto the street. um, You see a broad spectrum of diverse heritages, races, economic circumstances, and kind of what America looks like. And that's what we wanna make sure that we're representing in the books that we're putting out. Uh, okay, so just a few things that we're excited to see and that we are hoping people will pay attention to. Um, first off, for picture books and younger readers, one of the most exciting young illustrators to watch is Christian Robinson. Um, he illustrated Matt de la Pena's last, last Stop on Market Street from Putnam, among many, many other titles. Uh, you can look for his newly illustrated version of a Margaret Weiss Brown classic, The Dead Bird from HarperCollins' this Spring. Then for older readers and one of my absolute favorites, uh, Marvel Comics has gotten more diverse with their recently published Miss Marvel, you know, uh, Kamala Khan came out swinging last year uh, and she's not stopped. She's a teenage Muslim girl who also happens to be a superhero uh, living in Jersey City. Um, and then one of the most highly anticipated book of books of 2016, I think, is Kwame Alexander's Booked. Uh, Kwame won the 2015 Newbery Medal for Crossover. Uh, both these books are coming from Houghton Mifflin. If you can, you have to look up Kwame Alexander's speech that he gave at the Newbery uh, Award Dinner. It is just, I think I cried for days. It's beautiful. It's lyrical, of course, because he's a poet. Um, and it speaks to a lot of the things that I think we're thinking about when we when we think about diversity and and the different experiences that people have had.
1: Indeed. I mean, that was so moving. And this really is such an important topic, diversity. And we will come back to it a little later on. Now, David, what are you seeing out there?
0: Another great area that we've seen tremendous growth has been in preschool media properties. There has just been a lot of really quality programs, and we will feel them in a big, big way in spring 2016. I'm talking about Paw Patrol, Peppa Pig, Blaze and the Monster Machines. Those are among the best. And also new for spring 2016 is Disney's The Lion Guard. I would also look out for something that you'll see across the age groups um, in 2016, and that is kids are going to be having a lot more fun when they read and when they're read to. First of all, picture books. A lot more picture books that are both wild and wacky and imaginative. You know, kids can't get enough of funny bestsellers such as the day the crayons came home and the book with no pictures. One of the standouts ahead this spring is Duck, Duck, Dinosaur by Callie George from HarperCollins. For readers, there has just been a wonderful explosion of really funny readers, books that are more in the vein of, say, Elephant and Piggy, that wonderful series by Mo Willems. Two of the new series that are among our favorites are Ballet Cat by Bob Shea from Hyperion and the Pig in a Wig series uh, from Harper Collins. Also on the horizon for spring is Clark the Shark, Lost and Found by Bruce Hale. In chapter books, there are some that are coming that are so wild and wonderful and funny that your young readers are going to love them. Um, Illustrated chapter books are on the rise with new series such as Dr. Kitty Cat by Jane Clark, The Bad Guys by Aaron Blabley, and Bunny vs. Monkey by Jamie Smart, all three series published by scholastic. Finally, um, there's going to be a lot more novels with cartoons from middle graders. The Diary of a Wimpy Kid series is still going strong. And one of the best new series like it is The Tapper Twins by Jeff Rodkey from Little Brown. So all in all, look for a big trend in 2016 of books that are going to make kids really, really laugh a lot.
2: So another trend that we're going to see a lot of in 2016 is superheroes. There will be a lot of superhero-inspired publishing. We have Timothy Knappman's Superhero Dad from Noisy Crow, a DC Comics' Secret Hero Society Study Hall of Justice by Derek Fridolfs and Dustin Wen from Scholastic, and of course Tom Engelberger's new series Rocket and Groot Stranded on Planet Strip Mall from Marvel and Disney. Um, But one of the most unusual titles that's coming this spring is Your Presidential Fantasy Dream Team by Daniel O'Brien at Random House, uh, in which you're going to choose your team of presidents to battle the zombie apocalypse.
1: (laughs) Fantastic.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, related... Um, also in 2016, we're going to see a lot of graphic novels. Comics and graphic novels are hotter than ever. Coming this spring is a new title in the incredibly popular Amulet series, Firelight by Kazu Kibuishi. Also on the horizon is Pop Tropica, Mystery of the Map by Max Braylor, based on a script by Jeff Kinney of Diary of a Wimpy Kid fame from Abrams.
1: We're living in such a visual world. David, I think you have some observations about this.
0: Coloring books have been a really big publishing trend driven by adults. Adults find coloring books to be a wonderful way to just relax and get stress-free and also use creativity. Working in color, using color is good for the soul. It's good for relaxation. Now, kids are discovering the same thing. And gosh, you know, kids are as often as stressed out as adults with all of the tests in schools and all of the stuff that's sort of thrown at them. So kids need their own space to just relax, chill out, and be creative and use color and explore that side of their personality. So, I think that one of the big books for spring is going to be the Harry Potter coloring book because it goes back and forth from the adult world, uh, adults who grew up with Harry Potter, and then the kids who are becoming the next generation of Harry Potter fans.
2: Um, And Harry Potter is back in a big way this spring. Uh, He's enjoying a huge resurgence with Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone illustrated edition, the coloring book, and of course, the Fantastic Beasts movie coming up in 2016.
0: Now, you know, what's interesting to me is that one of the non-trends for 2016 is I think the entire world, especially the YA world, is sick to death of dystopian novels. <laughs> Prithi, I know that you've said if you see another dystopian novel, you are just going to perhaps get violent. Uh,
1: but what, what or dystopian. You, what do
0: you see in the world of YA that that's, that's going to be coming on?
2: Um, actually, there is, there's a lot. As we discussed earlier, the, the the diverse literature that is coming out in 2016 is, you know, the efforts of, of the last few years of work that we've been doing. So there's a lot of that. One of my one of the books I'm most excited about coming out in 2016 is a book called "If I Was Your Girl" from Flatiron Books by a woman named Meredith Russo, which is kind of your not typical but story that we're used to, you know, YA contemporary novel girl meets boy, girl moves to a new town. Um, But the main character is a trans character. And what I love so much about this story is that that's not all she is. It's a part of her character as it should be, but this is a story, this is a coming of age story. And it's wonderfully written. Um, It's a debut, a debut novel. uh, And I can't wait for it to get into the hands of kids who need it and not only for themselves, but to learn about the world around them.
1: It probably will be wonderful for their parents to have these resources as well. Yes, agreed. Very much so. David, what else is on your radar?
0: In the world of mythology, the big change has been Norse mythology, you know, coming into children's books. With Rick Riordan's new series, Magnus Chase, the new title just published this fall. And look for more titles in the series coming up. National Geographic as well published a big compendium uh, that's new for the gift-giving season. The Norse mythology from National Geographic, a great way to interest kids in this whole area of mythology from the North, which is not as familiar to most people as the mythology of ancient Greece mm-hmm. and Rome.
2: Not to say that there isn't more Greek mythology coming. Rick Riordan's not, uh, he has another exciting new series, um, The Trials of Apollo, which launches in May, uh, which is about the god Apollo uh, and his relationship to Camp Half-Blood and the demigods who live there.
0: And that is just terrific. I mean, I don't think there's anybody who's probably more popular with kids these days uh, for middle graders than Rick Riordan well I, I, Jeff Kinney I stand correct <laughs> I, I correct myself so Jeff Kinney and Rick Riordan though, would have <laughs> to be like numbers one and two the Batman and Robin of of middle grade uh, but we're fiction. not
2: going to say who is who
0: no exactly <laughs> you, you, you're free to choose your own <laughs> Batman Robin, because we're all about choice are we not
2: we are we, we are, are about all choice. about choice
0: and who would you choose to be what superhero would you be if you could choose Ms. Marvel. Uh, wonderful. <laughs> why, why do you think um, why do you, why do you think Ms. Marvel's resonating?
2: Kamala Khan uh, is this generation's Spider-Man. She's this generation's Peter Parker. She is the every woman, essentially. You know, in the first issue, she is she's an Avengers fan girl. She's writing Avengers fan fiction, and then all of a sudden, finds out that she has superpowers. And it's how do you live as a fan? So. Throughout the series, she meets other superheroes, and her reaction is would be our reaction. Like, oh, my God, Wolverine. Can, can we take a selfie? <laughs> <laughs> and so she's, she's so relatable, and she's smart and funny and really indicative of what today's teen is like, which is to say, you know, she shows that sometimes we get this idea of teenagers of, you know, you get older, and you're like, oh, those kids. But they're smart, and they want to learn about the world and— they have things to say, and it's it's really exciting to see such a relevant, uh, important character who's who's doing really really well, and people are really. I saw I saw Kamala Khan graffiti in Jersey City a few months ago because that's her home, and um, it was really exciting.
0: What's really exciting, Preeti, is the fact that diversity itself—what we mean by that word—has in and of itself become more diverse.
2: Well, so diversity is it's by how we've, how we are defining it and how it should be defined is representing people who are traditionally underrepresented. So any, it should be a very inclusive term. There's no reason for diversity to ever be exclusionary. Um, That would be counterproductive. So, you know, one of the, the more exciting things we're seeing is a lot of Trans narrative, you know, the community has been severely underrepresented when it comes to our literature. And that is changing in a big way, which is very exciting. Um, from books that Scholastics own George by Alex Gino, which is a wonderful, wonderful book, um, to Hyperion's Gracefully Grayson. Uh, and then a few books coming out this spring, you know, um, Lily and Duncan is coming out next year, which is a really sweet dual narrative story um, about a girl and a boy she meets named Duncan, who's, who, it's just a sweet story between the two of them, which I really love. And it's a very honest story about what the two of them are going through. Duncan is bipolar and Lily is trans. And so you see a little bit of both of them and their internal narrative of how their lives are going. And it's, it's lovely. It's just a lovely, lovely story. So it's exciting to see these um books coming out that kids can learn from and they can see themselves in. It's, it's really, it makes me feel really good. It makes, it makes my heart very happy.
0: Well, I, I think one of the reasons perhaps that, that, that's, uh, this is close to your heart, Preeti, is that you yourself growing up, it felt sometimes alienated or, or maybe not even sometimes, but often felt alienated from the children's books that were available to you because there was, there weren't people there who looked, like you.
2: Yeah. It's very important to recognize that it's important to see yourself because it gives you a validity and it gives you a legitimacy to your experience. Um, I think the first time I saw someone who was like me in a children's book, I was already an adult. You know, I, I grew up a long time before seeing that. So it's really great that kids are going to be able to see that now.
1: Who were you as a little girl, Preeti? <laughs> uh,
2: I was a really nerdy, surprise, surprise, uh, awkward Indian kid growing up in the South, um, obsessed with Babysitter's Club. I desperately wanted to be Claudia Kishi, but of course I was Marianne. Um, because we all wanted to be Claudia because she was so cool. Um, <laughs> that was me. And so I was, I can remember, you know, the movie, The Indian in the Covered which of course has a, you know, whatever. But there was a little Indian kid in that movie who was American. And I had never seen an Indian person on television without an Indian accent. And that blew my mind. Wow. And it has stuck with me for like 25 years.
1: What a great story. What a great story.
2: <laughs> so, you know, th- that's why this is so close to my heart is because I don't want, we're in an, we have an opportunity to be there for every kid and to make sure every reader gets what they need from literature.
1: Beautiful. Thank you so much, David and Preeti, for looking into that crystal ball. We're really excited for these great reads. Preeti, I asked you to choose an excerpt from Ms. Marvel to read to us to just give our listeners a sense of what the book is about. And if you could just set it up for them, please.
2: Sure. Um, So this is the very first issue of Ms. Marvel, and we've just met her. And she's uh, 16 years old, living in Jersey City to immigrant parents from Pakistan. Um, And she wants to go to a party. She desperately wants to go to this party. And of course, her father says, will there be boys there? And she says, maybe. And He's like, no, there's no way you're going to this party. Um, You're a good girl. You're a good Pakistani girl. You're a good Muslim girl. Uh, And so she's already kind of battling with these ideas of how to balance the two parts of her identity or rather three parts of her identity, which are Pakistani, Muslim, and American um, and a teenager. Um, And so living in Jersey City, living in Jersey City. And so she decides to sneak out of her house and go to this party. And it doesn't turn out how she wants it to. Um, She walks in and immediately starts sort of getting lightly bullied by some of the other guests. Um, They pretend to give her a drink. She says she doesn't want it. Um, And they trick her into taking a sip and she spits it out immediately and she kind of runs off. And so right before the section that I'm going to read to you, uh, she has been overtaken by this mysterious mist and she passes out for a minute and she wakes up and she sees a manifestation of Iron Man, Captain Marvel, and Captain America. Now, our girl, Kamala, Kamala, excuse me, is a huge Marvel nerd. She writes fan fiction <laughs> about these characters. She is really kind of us as readers. Um, and so she sees these three and she's like, oh, what, what is happening? And they tell her that she's, they are a manifestation of faith. Um, and so then the conversation starts. They say to her, you are seeing what you need to see. You stand at a crossroads. You thought that if you disobeyed your parents, your culture, your religion, your classmates would accept you. What happened instead? They, they laughed at me. Zoe thought that because I snuck out, it was okay for her to make fun of my family. Like, Kamala's finally seen the light and kicked the dumb inferior brown people and their rules to the curb. But that's not why I snuck out. It's not that I think Ami and Abu are dumb. It's just, I grew up here. I'm from Jersey City, not Karachi. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know who I'm supposed to be. Who do you want to be? Right now, I want to be beautiful and awesome and butt-kicking and less complicated. I want to be you. Except I would wear the classic politically incorrect costume and kick butt in giant wedge heels. You must have some kind of weird boot fetish. All right, kid, as fate would have it, you're about to get the kind of total reboot most people only dream about. But can I tell you something? What? It's not going to turn out the way you think. Good luck, Kamala Khan.
1: Wow, suspense. That's great. Thank you so much, Preeti. And thank you for listening and sharing in our mission at Scholastic. We believe that the right book in a child's hands can open a world of possible. Happy New Year and happy reading, everyone. Special thanks to producer Megan K. Safer, sound mixer and editor Daniel Jordan, and music composer Lucas Elliott Eberl.